This episode of Bonfireside Chat is brought to you by our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Very specifically, the Patreon that is paying for us to make an appearance with our podcast, Watch Out for Fireballs, at the Classic Game Fest in Austin, Texas. That is correct. At the end of July, specifically Saturday, July 30th, Sunday, July 31st, we are going to be doing a uh, booth and a live panel there for the game Punch-Out for the NES. Uh, just because it's not about Dark Souls, though, doesn't mean you can't come and say hi. We'd love to meet you. So please come on down to Classic Game Fest, Austin, Texas, July 30th and 31st, and thank you for your support on patreon.com forward slash DougFeedTV. Some of our landings were desperate adventures. We are now prepared to meet the inevitable counterattacks with power and with confidence. My name is Gary Butterfield. My name is Cole Ross. And I'm Steve Gaynor. And you're listening to Bonfireside Chat. It is a Kindled favorite. Yes, and this week we are talking about the Catacombs of Carthus. And we're so excited to be joined by Steve. Hey, Steve, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me back uh, to talk about Dark Souls 3. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Uh, mm. So we had you on last season to talk about Bloodborne. And um, I I understand uh, that you have done something special for us to come on the Dark Souls 3 season. (laughs) <laughs> well uh I, I mean i played more of dark souls 3 on short notice uh, i i had one of those experiences where like it so it was actually good um that uh that that i had this excuse because i had started playing dark souls 3 the only souls game that i've ever finished was bloodborne um and that wasn't because of you guys i just finished i just finished it to finish it and never <laughs> talked about it um but with dark souls three um i played partway through it soon after it came out and then i got distracted by other stuff between work and like the new hitman episodes i think came out and i got (laughs) obsessed with them and um and i just i i I went away from it for long enough that i was sort of like all right i can never go back to that i don't remember where i was i don't know what the buttons do dark souls is hard (laughs) um and then uh yeah gary asked me to to be on the show and he said you guys are going to be talking about the catacombs of carthus and it turned out the place I had stopped was literally before I walked down the stairs into this area. <laughs> so oh. I was like, well, I have no excuse. Okay, I'll load up my save game. And I streamed it, and it was nice because people in chat were like, oh, yeah, no, left bumper is your heel. Not- <laughs> I'm like, oh, right, okay, cool, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I played through the this this part of the game very recently. It's fresh in my mind, and I'm going to play through more of it past this point. Yeah, I kind of skipped oh, awesome. a step. Um, Steve, where would people know you from? Oh, uh, I uh, help run a video game studio called Fulbright. Uh, We made a game called Gone Home, and we're currently working on our next game, Tacoma, which is a story exploration game set on an abandoned space station. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I saw the the most recent trailer for that. It's really, really pretty great. I'm I'm pretty excited. Yeah, Yeah, uh, if folks want to check it out, you can go to Tacoma.game online. (laughs) It's got, I, got I, pictures, got videos. I love got those. One. I love those TLDs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I had I had pre-ordered one because I'm like, because uh, 
we we had gotten Tacoma dot dash game dot com. I'm like Tacoma dash game. I can do better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. Yeah. You don't need tons of people from just like looking for the parks department of, <laughs> right. of Tacoma. You know, no, that's a... yeah. Like, I mean, maybe yeah. Like a game warden might show up there and be like, "What the space station? What did they okay <laughs> I'm the Tacoma dot game <laughs> warden. That is. Uh, yeah. the most dangerous Tacoma dot game <laughs> yep. um, yeah we're, we're really happy to have you I was really really flattered that you you picked the game the, the game back up to, to join us so it's yeah. very uh, when, when, I, when I told Cole about it I'm like how fucking sweet is Steve Gaynor it was <laughs> real like what a geez what a, what a nice uh, so so we really appreciate it um, yeah absolutely and, I had uh, a lot of playing yeah. through the part and I got I got a little further and uh and yeah, uh, it's nice when you when you have a stream. Like I'm not, I, I I haven't finished a lot of Souls games. I'm not like a lord of destroying all Souls games. There are people who just like speed run them for fun and all that shit. I'm I'm not actually great at them. So I have a uh, a chat in my stream that's like very supportive. Doesn't like take the opportunities to tell me how bad I am, <sighs> how my build is terrible, which is nice. <laughs> Uh, so we have fun and i actually make progress uh, after after dying dozens of times so it's a good balance a good stream audience is the best yeah. yeah yeah or even just finding a good good souls audience too where like they're not going to uh you know get good you <laughs> right because uh, that's the worst yeah and occasionally you have like I, I generally have one or two people in the chat who like are the guys that just like know oh yeah you put on that ring and that increases your hit chance by 1.3x i'm like okay good <laughs> no i'm glad <laughs> yeah yeah thanks yeah we're really excited to have you back yeah yeah um, yeah uh, so what uh, what did we do last time, Cole? Well, last time uh, we trod through the swamps of Farron Keep and we slew our first Lord of Cinder. Or I guess lords. I don't know. Collectively, it's a weird kind of thing. They all got <laughs> it in one car. They just paid, you know, for, for per axle. Uh, the, the Abyss Watchers, uh, who became the Abyss themselves. I'm really sad we didn't make that observation or, uh, last episode. So I wanted mm-hmm. to throw it in there. Uh, but with their ashes in hands, the altar containing the blood of the wolf uh, receded into the wall, revealing this mysterious stairway leading down further into the depths. Yes, uh, into this area, uh, the catacombs of Carthus. Um, this is a very weird kind of self-contained area <laughs> where like, Almost everything we know about it is just from item descriptions in this area. Like, in a way, it is the best possible episode and area for you to guest on, Steve, because it's like there's not we don't get more insight about the catacombs of Carthus later in the game. Right. Like, yeah, everything we know about catacombs of Carthus is in catacombs of Carthus. <laughs> so th- so like, there isn't going to be deep lore later on about where those skeleton balls came from. <laughs> Why well, no. do they love ball shapes? You find some sort of like uh, altar later in the game that's just, Oh, this is why they loved ball shapes. Oh my God. It's all coming together. Like a, it's like a Metroid prime story. Beat. Like <laughs> yeah. you find the temple of the Chozos where it shows them all like worshiping a sphere. We have found uh, that the sphere is the most efficient form in nature. It, it was our collective willpower that made those skeleton balls yeah. and our collective grace that gave the skeletons that control them a tiny hat. Um, <laughs> it's a reward. Um, so what we know, uh, so Carthus uh, of the Sands is this desert kingdom populated by these super fierce warriors who use cur- curved swords and quick movements. Um, their ambition was to conquer like an uncontrollable wildfire. And this is the resting place for their warriors, watched over by grave wardens um, and ultimately watched over by the boss of this area, um, who is kind of we'll talk about him when we get to the boss, uh, because he is really cool. 
And uh, his little bits, like the lorelets here, even though they are disconnected, the kind of story of Wolner is pretty neat. Yeah. Um, in, in like little bits, like the details are really good. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he's, he's another in the long line of like Dark Souls, like mega conquerors. <laughs> but uh, there's some details that boss fight that are really pretty fantastic. Yeah. A little bit of Vendrick, a little bit of Gwyn, you know, all of that. Yeah. It's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, so I'm going to be curious um, it, how much of the, uh, so if you, you haven't played Dark Souls 1 or 2, um, how much of the importance of the Abyss comes through for you, Steve? Well, I did play Dark Souls 1. Oh, I never shit. finished it. Okay. Um, I got, I've got i gotten pretty far into Dark Souls 1 multiple times, and it just uh, defeated me, <laughs> and I did not finish it. Um, I, I, I would say that, uh, you know, there, there are certainly some recurrent themes and, like, aesthetic themes uh, throughout the games. I definitely, you know, remember the part of Dark Souls 1 that you can actually get to from the beginning of the game, except that it'll kick the shit out of you, but with all the <laughs> respawning skeletons that, if I remember, were actually controlled by, like, human necromancers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, like, much more cavey and sort of uh, natural and organic and and kind of, like, ancient depths feeling, whereas I felt like the catacombs here, for the most part, felt like much more kind of like heavy stone construction uh you know architecture uh even though it was crumbling yeah this uh like the architecture of this and kind of the uh the, the layout feels like a simpler um less visually complex um uh, undead oh gosh what am i saying undead crypt from dark souls 2 gary oh sure yeah yeah <laughs> yeah it's a little bit it's a little bit like that mixed with i would say with uh, the chalice dungeons yeah Kind of between mm-hmm. the two, like it's it's very dungeony, like it's very uh, dungeony, oh, yeah. and even dungeons and dragonsy, just in the like ten foot by ten foot hallway, <laughs> you know that you're in in a lot of the areas, yeah. Um, here, and it's it's fairly linear. There's some shortcuts to bypass this stuff, but we've kind of roughly divided it into this upper area, um, going down to the crypts, the lower crypts, and then the caves, and then the tomb. So these kind of five uh, broad areas, but. Again, we're not going to catch on any every individual like little micro encounter in here because there are a lot of skeletons here. <laughs> um, the uh, yeah. so you kind of, yeah you, you kind of come out in this uh, this featureless kind of torchlit chamber um, and there's this huge pit in the middle and you kind of make your way around and you're introduced to our uh, our new version of the reassembling skeleton here. Yeah. Um, so uh, uh, you have to watch the color of their eyes to determine how many times they're going to uh, kind of reassemble themselves. Yes. It is, I don't think that blessed weapons keep them down uh, like they do in Dark Souls 1. Right. I well, think, there, uh, there, there aren't any that infinitely reassemble, right? In this, like, all of them, if you just knock them down enough times, they'll stop getting up. Correct. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's a different way of doing the, the kind of a similar thing, um, but there's a kind of less player control. They're just ones that just sometimes will get up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So what that leads to is kind of, um, you know, there a lack of finality still. But um, if you're not paying attention, you're not being mindful, you may end up uh, proceeding past something that will get up and then come and attack you from behind. Yeah. Um, so it kind of I think what it's encouraging you to do is to be a little bit more kind of conservative with your movements um, just because you are, you know, inevitably uh, trying to stop something that is going to get up and run after you, which is kind of a, w- a weird counterpoint to the catacombs where, like, you are making these mad dashes past these things. Yeah, to get to the the guy who's responding. You can also still make a mad dash, though, and you'll out- outpace any of these. Oh, yeah. They don't have a long leash. So the mad bat dash is still a viable strategy for both, both areas. <laughs> uh, you, you can always do a mad dash. 
<laughs> so yeah. this is a this is a weird stage because like the like the best stuff about it is either these really broad um I, I hesitate to call them details these really broad gimmicks are these small details um specifically these basic skeletons um some of them will have their heads and some of them won't the ones that don't have their heads will run past you on their approach and will miss huh. their attacks <laughs> <laughs> i never noticed that when i was playing because i think i was just so focused on just like trying to knock them down as fast as possible uh but that's pretty good and i like it <laughs> yep they're swinging blind <laughs> yep they, they see somehow um and and boy are these like these are the goofiest this whole area and we're gonna get to the ultimate goofs but like these are the goofiest skeletons dark souls has ever done um in a series that has a series like you know a lot of goofy skeletons yeah. um these guys between running past you and then just kind of their like kind of dorky movements and they have this like long-legged gait when they're actually mm. running at you like they yeah. run a little bit like a businessman trying to get across a, a walk sign <laughs> um, like, it is just they 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 they're dorks uh they are nature's dorks um uh what are less dorky uh when you cross this bridge here um so we get this item here this Carthus rouge which uh, increases bleed damage on your weapons which like bleed it, is a thing now it makes them uh, it makes them bleed faster it doesn't increase the amount of damage oh I yeah make sure sorry, we don't get corrected on that uh, yeah. yeah increases the bleed uh stat yeah. Uh, on the damage, the the bleed rate. Um, after you cross this bridge, you run into these grave wardens, which are more serious. Yeah. Um, these things are actually pretty tough. There's two different kinds. Um, this one is the uh, the kind of dual dual wielding uh, short sword. One they have these little curved swords. They're kind of short. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, they turn invisible when they roll. Yeah. Um, and uh, what's really cool is you can get that effect on a ring. Yes, that you can comes get that out. ring, which is from yeah. a, a Dark Souls two ring. Yep. Simpleton. Um, ring. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I actually I I applied that. Uh, it has a that that ring has a weird description. It says like obscures rolling. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are you? okay, and I I put it on. I'm like, oh, it's the thing the skeletons were doing. That's what I mean. Which, <laughs> yeah. It seems like it is only really valuable for PvP because I mean I assume that enemies still know where you are. Right. <laughs> I, yeah. I doubt the AI is that good. Like, oh, what? Where did? You? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if uh, if if you don't have an absolutely essential ring uh, when you get that, um, it's still worth uh, putting it on if you're uh, if you're a Dex character because it bo uh, boosts your Dex by three. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's as opposed to the Dark Souls two one that was just for PvP. Right. I see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. This is that. That's the uh, Karthus Blood Ring. Or the the, the Karthus uh, Karthus Milk Ring. Sorry. That's the milk one. I thought the blood one was the. Uh, nope. There's two of them. There's a blood and a milk one. Yep. <laughs> So, so both kinds, bones and, and blood yep. are both represented. So, Yep, calcium and iron. Yep. Yes, the elements upon which we will build our reign. Um, it's, um, yeah, so uh, again, this is, this is Dark Souls 3 doing a weird thing where they take something that was a proper noun in, the, uh, in, in a previous entry and kind of turn it into just a thing. Like we've seen grave wardens that kind of do these spin attacks um, up there in uh, the cathedral. Um, I don't know if this is still a similar discipline, if this is something entirely different, but this is, again, um, the same word being used to refer to multiple different uh, kind of uh, uh, entities. Hmm. Like across the series, too, because yeah. there, there are Grave Wardens in uh, in the second one. Yeah, and they're really so, important. Yeah. So th there's, I mean, there's Grave Wardens everywhere. It is kind of just like a job, it feels like, <laughs> um, but they, they kind of treat it like this proper now, and it kind of becomes confusing. Yeah. Um, um, so across this bridge, it's it's pretty. It's like how there are robot cops, but then there's also RoboCop. <laughs> yep. oh, right. Like there's there's many Robo robot cops. It's always a RoboCop, not your RoboCop. Yes, exactly. This is my RoboCop. There are many like it. This one is mine. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
<laughs> um, across this bridge, uh, there's not really that much. You can actually skip this whole area uh, by doing a drop off to the right. And we'll talk about where that gets you. Um, but really, you're just kind of running across to meet an NPC and also get uh, get a pyromancy tome. Um, yeah. Right. This... yeah. I can... what, what is the deal with the NPC? Because apparently it wasn't there for me. It's fiddly as hell is, is what <laughs> okay. it is. So it's, it's Honoree, um is who we run into. And this is a barely a story beat for, for her uh, or him for, for them. Um, the, uh, did you, did you know that Steve? It's a kind of a neat touch where like Honoree's gender is determined by your gender when you start out. Yeah. Uh, uh, pe- yeah, yeah. I, I know it because of people in chat uh, saying that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think that people in chat were saying like, waifu ahead waifu ahead and i'm like what are you talking about and then i turned the camera towards myself and i i'm playing as a female character and they're like oh husbando husbando <laughs> okay <laughs> uh, so yeah they explained that whole thing but yeah apparently i had missed or somehow fucked up an earlier thing and there just was no npc there for me yeah it's, it's still okay if you're interested in in uh following her story to the end you can still do it but the triggers that move her here are inconsistent right mm, uh, I see. So it, it's not automatic. Uh, this happened to my roommate, Will, as he played as well. And, and he was pretty irritated by it. Yeah, um, yeah. Could not get her to spawn until he had come back. Like he had gone through it and then come back to this area and she was there. Huh. So okay. I, I don't know the specific things, yeah. but it's one of the ways that these kind of long articulated quest lines have a lot of little flags where it's very easy for something to just kind of not quite work yeah mm-hmm. i think yeah. that might also be a uh, a product of which you know you can go to either of these places first either the cathedral of the deep where um on will show up after you defeat um uh the the deacons or you can come here first um and well, it's uh, actually i'm, I'm sorry up. i remembered what it actually is sorry okay. to cut you off it has to do if you go back and talk to her at the uh at firelink at firelink there we go yeah yeah so that that's what does it so if you don't go back and talk to her at firelink then she won't be at either location you have to get past this area and then you can chill show up. Yeah. Oh, okay. huh. it, it's, it's a weird thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and it's super Sounds major. Like, it. <laughs> like, like, like their quest is, uh, is pretty big. Um, yeah, but you, you don't just by not running into her, you haven't screwed yourself out of the quest. Yeah. Okay. You can go and you can come back and, and make it work um, yeah, in a, in a little bit. Um, when we run into her here, the kind of point of her here is that she's been separated from Horace. Um, and, and nearby there is this kind of gate, uh, that has a broken lever and you can kind of see the little environmental mm. storytelling. That's mm-hmm. probably what happened. Yeah. Um, and she just says, Hey, have you seen him? You know, and at this point you, you definitely haven't. Um, and you, uh, you just kind of continue uh, with her. She's like, okay, well, if you see him, tell him I said, Hey, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're okay. Like I was the, I was the goofy one. I got caught yep. in a trap much like our buddy Sigvert. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the trick, the, the kind of non-spoiler, just, general advice if you don't know how to do this is uh, you don't want to tell her where he is no no um, oh. yeah so that that will end badly don't uh, don't if you find <laughs> him don't say say you did <laughs> okay that that's that sounds like a very soulsy thing yeah. there was certainly it, i mean that like I, there was like multiple uh npc quest lines in bloodborne we're like okay don't bring them back <laughs> because they'll just start eating everyone you're like well yeah okay uh, anyway in a, a game that is kind of trying me to say yes to everything hmm. right yeah, yeah. <laughs> um the other thing that you find down here um on this other side of the chasm uh before you continue uh downward is this uh Carthus pyromancy flame so what's cool is that um you know we know from previous entries that uh pyromancies emerge from this place called the great swamp 
and um, you know, kind of came from this tradition of you know fearing the flame and wanting to know how to control it, and it was seen as this uh, degenerate form of sorcery, right? Controlling this uh, chaotic primal thing. But what we learn by looking at this at this tome and by at the descriptions of the spells that are contained in it is that um, uh, Carthus found pyromancy and developed their own stuff as kind of this diversion path. Yeah. And they're not scared of it. They are embracing it. And they're, you know, it's, it's, Carthus is the equivalent of that, uh, that emoji that's the frog saying, get in. Like his, his mouth turns into the, uh, the grin. Is, is that an official emoji, Gary? Is that, or is that a something awful thing? I, it's a something awful thing. But you, I mean, you know what I mean, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> the get in frog. Yeah. Get in. The opposite um, of the get out frog. Yeah. There are, there are two kinds of frogs in this world. <laughs> Beatles frogs and Rolling Stones frogs. T- take this the, quiz to figure out. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, the Carthus is just like, yeah, this is, I don't care that it is uh, heret- heretical. Like, I don't give a shit about your your kind of propriety. This burns people alive. <laughs> you know, put it, put it in my veins. It's just like awesome as far as we're concerned. What are you guys yeah. so worried about? <laughs> this kills people faster. Let's do it. You know? Um, and that's why that's, and they kind of pursued this whole thing, you know, because they are warriors and this is the victory at all costs is the Carthus code, you know? And that's, you see that in Wolnir and the like. Mm-hmm. Um, up until he kind of learns his final lesson. And uh, it's it's interesting, the idea of someone taking that that tool and just kind of being like, no, you know, this is actually really powerful. Let's just embrace that. Yeah. So. Yep. So yeah. this is uh, this is one of two pyromancy tomes we're going to find here. Uh, this is the clean one, ironically. <laughs> you know, yes. Every, everything in its context. Um, but uh, this is one of the major things you're, you're going to want to get over here, and that is behind in, in, a, in a wizardry wall. Uh, Steve, what uh, what kind of character are you playing uh, this time around? Um, I chose the class that um, starts out wielding a spear, so I'm a high dex um, and strength character. The, I uh, herald. Put, yeah, and uh, you're right, you're right. Yeah, I had the the heralds. Uh, Outfit, uh, Harold, Harold Duds. And I have um, increased my, uh oh, see, I, I'm, I'm not good with uh, words and lore. I'm the worst possible uh, <laughs> uh, guest for the show. I, but that's the, not um, true at all. The, yeah, the thing increased that, your auto. You're doing great. Well, like, you don't know what you mean by increasing your auto. Well, uh, <laughs> yeah. Whichever the stat is that uh, helps with your heals. Okay, your faith. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, faith. Okay. So I wanted to, yeah, be a um, melee fighter uh, that could get a lot of attacks in, and also, yeah, my left hand I swap between a shield and. Um, a little bell that heals me when I dingle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Your uh-oh dingle. Yeah, exactly. Like, I was like, uh-oh, you in, in describing this, you've turned into like a 1920s sailor boy who's like singing a song about about a snack cake. Yeah. I do a little dance. I've got very wide bell-bottom white uh, pantaloons on. Did you guys, did, did you guys watch the... Um, the Coen Brothers movie, uh, Hail Caesar. No, not yet. I fully okay, intend to well, when it's uh, so available. Just, from. just watch it, and um, my character is uh, definitely Channing Tatum from that movie. So <laughs> keep that in mind. Stream it on Netflix or whatever. Then you then you'll know what my Dark Souls style is when you see that. <laughs> yeah, very cool. 
are you a frog or are you Chang Tatum from Hail Caesar? Take this quiz. I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you have to choose. Honestly, there's a. It's the it's the middle path. <laughs> I want my lolly. Uh, so the, uh, uh, Cole Cole is a better toad voice, but I didn't know whether he would do it. So <laughs> no, that's fine. You um, got this, man. You're good. I liked exactly what happened. I don't wish that anything different had occurred. Okay. <laughs> um. So move, moving on to the crypts, Every, everyone who's listening to this is like, get to the skeleton balls. Um, <laughs> Don't worry. You mentioned them. You left those balls hanging earlier. Come on. Yeah, you dropped them. <laughs> yeah, don't, no free balls. The, um, so you descend this, uh, the, you're going to the crypts. You descend the staircase uh, that crosses over the pit. And uh, you hear this rumbling behind you. And uh, what comes down but a gigantic ball of skeletons. <laughs> um, the obvious choice. Which like this, this is a series. There's some goofy enemies. You know, Dark Souls, we, we talk about it. We love the goofiness. There were those little, uh, those weird little mantises in the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're basilisks, famously goofy. Uh, bone wheels, basilisks when you stop to think about it. it. Basilisks are, yeah, they are. But they're, 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 they're a little creepy. bit, they're, they're creepy, but they're also a little silly. They have these gigantic, uh, oh, yeah. you know, yeah. fear spheres. Um, <laughs> but this is the ultimate fear sphere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Like, this is so silly. Yep. So this, if you haven't gathered, it is a big ball of bones. And uh, as it rolls, like as they approach, you see the hands of the skeletons reaching toward you. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is pretty, which is kind of rad. Yeah. Also, it's hilarious <laughs> and stupid. <laughs> like, it's right on that edge. Like, it's, it's, if you, like, if you showed up at eighth grade and you had this on the bottom of a skateboard, like, you, right. I would think you were cool, but I don't know that eighth graders would think you were cool. <laughs> uh, that, that's where this is at. Right. Uh, cosmology. Like, so this isn't, uh, this isn't Judas Priest metal. This is Motley Crue metal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is like, this is, this is D&D manual metal. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going full monster, monster manual right yeah, here. So you're singing but your like, song. But like first edition now. <laughs> yeah. Like this is some first edition D&D stuff. Like. And, yeah, and I love Symphony's cover that shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, cause so they, they bound down this, this hill and if they miss you, they hit this other place and they bounce. <laughs> like it is so silly that they roll uphill. <laughs> yeah. And that's why this isn't a boulder, right? Like they yeah, want yeah. to have just kind of this, uh, this rhythmic threat that is uh, right. going back and forth. You know, down this well, place. It catches. It, like earlier in development, there's a possibility that it was a boulder, but then they wanted to go back and forth and they're like, well, it's going back and forth because someone's controlling it. You can't just control a boulder. <laughs> yes. and, you can control and, skeletons, though. Wait and then, for it. <laughs> one person just said, like, and he's, somebody said, like, you can't control a boulder. And then one person was like, well, what if you had a hat? And then everyone just nodded and then furiously started working at their whiteboards, um, <laughs> sketching out the hat that this other skeleton would have that allows him to control uh, the boulders. Okay, let's see here. What would be goofier? This or the version of this threat that is actually just a skeleton or similar creature inside of one of those giant American gladiator balls. Ooh, <laughs> like, like, I, I would, like, 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 like a monster ball. Wheel. Yeah. The, the bone yeah. sphere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it, if it was just basically like six bone wheels made into a, a sphere effectively <laughs> with one bone boy in the middle of it, like <laughs> running like a, like a kind of the, thing. B- the bone prince. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some sort of Go. bony ball boy. Uh. Uh, bony ball boy is, is also, that would be goofier. I think bony ball boy. You get those dogs that ran the uh, conveyor belts in Blighttown to, to run your bone engine. Oh my God, Gary, I forgot about the Blighttown dogs. 
they, 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 yeah, never forget about the White Town these. dogs. <laughs> what? In, uh, I went to in Dark Town. I got that far. <laughs> I don't remember dogs running on treadmills. <laughs> it's how the elevator works in Blight Town. There's a dog running it. <laughs> yep, the water wheel is powered by dogs. Is that confirmed? Are uh-huh. you trolling me? Or is this true no. lore? Yep, that's. Yeah, it is. It is true lore. That is. Uh, oh. That's in Dark Souls canon. God, well, now I have to go back and play Dark Souls One and actually finish it. Like, if a game can be that good that it contains an elevator run by a dog on a treadmill, then I it it deserves for me to actually fully complete it. And as There's got to be something at the end of that thing that's worth it. If we got God, the, dog, I, I love I love video games because we you know Cole and I like we spent like hundreds and hundreds of hours of seriously discussing this, and somebody could walk into my room and be like put a gun to my head and say, like, tell me two things about this series. I'm like, uh, in the first one, there's an elevator powered by a dog, but now we're talking about a ball powered by a skeleton and a hat, sir. And <laughs> just, um, like, have him, like, confuse him into apathy and then hopefully escape with my life. Well, then, yeah, then you would just hear the hammer uncock, yeah. and he just, like, backs out of the room. Yes, Not I'm today. already dead. Um, <laughs> You know, it's it's like they say, you can build a thousand bridges, but if you make one skeleton, all of a sudden you're from. Oh. Um, so, so they are powered that he will, the skeleton will just bounce back and forth until you kill his buddy, uh, who is a skeleton who runs away from you with those goofy strides, who just happens to be wearing a very sharp hat. Um, and he's the one who co- he, you know, makes the skeleton ball have cohesion. He's the binding yeah. agent. He's the egg and the, uh, the, the crust. Um, and if you kill him, then the uh, skull ball explodes and you get a bone shard out of it, which is kind of nice. Except for a later one happens where you get a little crab out of it. <laughs> I don't <laughs> understand. Like, um, but this one, you get a bone shard. Yeah. <laughs> in, uh, in, in, in a response I left out of the appendix, somebody uh, somebody says this is further proof that the crabs are more important than we think. The uh, Somebody <laughs> actually did a video where they led that crab down to the big crabulons who are in an area, a hidden area we're not going to talk about just yet. Um, and the the little the big crabulons don't do anything to the little crab. Aww. But it took him like hours. There's like a time lapse, time lapse YouTube of it. And it just like took him forever to, to, to get him to follow him down. <laughs> so just a little baby crab comes out of a scalable? Yeah. Yep. Oh. Yeah, he, he was just part of like some uh, some floor detritus that got uh, that that uh, got incorporated. You know, he got catamarried. Yeah. yeah, he was he was like he just got stuck in the treads of his Reeboks. The Reeboks being yeah. a ball of skeleton, <laughs> exo ball. Yeah, yeah. Oh, crab oh. just stuck between a pair of ribs, just like oh fuck. Well, <laughs> going Cra- wherever the skeleton's going, I guess. Crabamari. Sorry, yeah. I, I, just, I just wanted to make sure that didn't go unremarked. I was I was raising my hand like uh, like Horshack. <laughs> like Horshack. <laughs> okay, twenty-six year old grandpa. Let's, let's keep going. <laughs> like, uh, anywho, um, yeah. So, so we're we're down here. Uh, we've taken care of the Skeleball, and we can move through. And now we get the uh, the Karthus Swordsman enemy, which these are tougher. And these ones have uh, uh, Kakuris or um, the the curved sword. Yeah, yeah, uh, and they, they'll, uh, uh, they'll take pot shots at you. Showtels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they have showtels, and they actually will throw these little uh, these little kakuris at you, these little ninja stars, ninja yeah. knives. Yeah. Yep. And, and uh, they, these guys are jerks. <laughs> yeah, they're hard. <laughs> yeah, um, the, they don't, the big skeletons with, like, turbans and robes on. It, it makes me, I mean, again, not being a lore understander, it seems like uh, there's an implication that this is sort of like a... Uh, middle eastern analog sect like curved swords and you it's know a, these a sort desert of like, location yeah. so 
yeah, yeah. It's a it's a desert kingdom, and uh, I mean, just because I'm watching games with Game Game of Thrones, it's very it's Dothraki as fuck. Um, yeah, but um, the uh, you know we don't see any desert uh, for miles around this land, so this is purely just the convergence of the kingdom making this pocket dimension between these two really lore important areas that tells its own story. Like, like, yeah, if this did exist in real life, it would be under a desert, right? You know, because we, you know, this is yeah. where the, you know, it's it's under Carthus. Yeah. So. Yeah. So it's just a it's a time like nothing about this reads as desert. Either this this is purely an informed kind of uh, aspect of the of the place where we're at. But yeah, yeah. you're you're, I mean, you're right to read this as a Middle Eastern kind there's of. There's sand in there, right? It's like it's kind of a sandy catacomb. There, there's like it looks like there's probably sand on the ground and like collecting in corners and the like. Yeah, yeah. like sometimes you'd like jump down off of a, a high drop and it feels like you drop into kind of like a little sand flow. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm not asking for like uh, a melodic wailing as I walk into this. You know, like I dream of rain. It's from the Bone Prince. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Bone 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 Stink. They couldn't license the whole uh, the whole of Desert Rose because Hyundai had that locked down, so it's just oh, the ringtone yeah. version. But it's just the uh... and just every once in a while the Bone Prince says zoom zoom <laughs> as, he, as he comes going through the. Um, I, I love these. Uh, I love these. So we're coming up again on goofy enemies. This guy gets overshadowed in his goofiness, but these uh, these urns full of uh, spirits mm -hmm. in them because the ones that just throw them at you, like they act pretty goofy, they run away. But the the trap they uh, lead you into is one of the silliest traps in the game, <laughs> which is just like which of these urns actually has a spirit in it, uh, <laughs> you know. Uh, so in the trick here, you know, obviously all these hundreds of urns, you can just roll through really fast and be fine. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. you can stay, you know, hang back with distance weapons and methodically clear them if uh, if you if you if you're feeling careful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did a lot of rolling and running around until I found an item. And then, yeah, a lot of rolling yeah. and running. <laughs> See, all run and roll. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if you pick the exact wrong line, you will die here two times like I did on this recent playthrough to like, fuck, these things oh, yeah? so slowly. Yeah. Like I, I apparently just procked enough of them that, uh, that it was just how, you know, they came at me from different enough angles that they got me. So mm. yeah. Uh, this yeah. is where you find the milk ring, uh, which, uh, which is the one that turns invisible. Yes. Yeah. Um, so you kind of move past here into this area we're calling the lower crypts. Um, this is uh hang down to this, like this, like water line. Yeah. Uh, that is here, um, and, uh, and we have another skeleton boulder here as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, near this is the uh, is the 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 sole bonfire of this uh, of this of this area mm -hmm. here on this yeah. approach. Um, but yeah, like down down here by the water line, you get the other one, um, and this is the one that is more explicitly and directly uh, kind of conducted by the by the jaunty hat skeleton. Yeah, because you can see the jaunty hat skeleton. He's up in that little area above, <laughs> right? Like looking down. Yeah. They're all controlled by it because there, there's that. But I didn't know when I first went through here. I had no idea what was actually causing them to eventually die. Yeah. Uh, until mm. I, you know, did some did some skeleton science. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, and and was able to, to to figure that out. But this is where it gets real uh, depthy and and catacombsy when we start getting rats and, and oozes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here. Yeah. yeah. The the oozes are not good. No. <laughs> I, I like there's so many there's there's so much trolley dark souls like let's have just a whole corridor where the entire ceiling is just slimes up there it's yeah. over every item it's over every other enemy Fuck yeah <laughs> it, it gets it gets to be legitimately a little bit like too much for me like i don't i don't mind uh 
getting kind of trapped. I, I take delight in like getting trapped and tricked in these games, but like this just, it feels like kind of a shitty hallway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's exactly. obviously a shitty hallway. If you lived here, you wouldn't like, I don't claim, I claim this room, you know, like you're not going <laughs> to, it's a bad hallway in the world of hallways, but it just kind of feels tedious uh, because they're all like the, the slimes, the oozes. If you're staying topped off, like what I generally do, uh, they're never going to kill you. No, they just kind of waste your time. And like, like most grab attacks do. Yeah. You know, yeah. they don't they don't put you in an interesting tactical situation. You end up losing like 40% of your health, rolling away and then slowly chipping away at their crazy physical resistance. Yeah. Uh armor. I was lucky in this part and I slimes or oozes. Is is oozes and is that the technical term? They're like <laughs> like pu- like putrefied flesh or something like that is is the actual name. It's something super evocative that There's I There's bones in there. Yep. There's yeah. bones in the slime? Oh yeah. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> that changes uh, but, everything. It's like a but they are uh, they are susceptible to fire damage and i have this um club that has a fire gem on it so it mm. does both blunt and fire damage and destroys them in like two hits which is good um but yeah they are i mean not to skip too far ahead later there's fire slimes which just <laughs> fucked up my whole strategy yep. so Anyway, <laughs> they knew you were coming. <laughs> yeah, you like fire clubs, do you? <laughs> <laughs> You're a white guy. Uh, <laughs> um, but but this then, uh, then, this shitty this shitty hallway um, is also what full. A bad hallway. Yeah, this is a, 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 t- a terrible hallway. This is this is essentially just a hallway full of sideshow bob breaks um, because <laughs> uh, because uh, we also have bone whales uh, mm-hmm. making their. Uh, a glorious return uh, for a limited time only. Uh, you can actually fall into this place um, uh, yes. by a perfectly okay. circular hole. Um, and I can only just imagine the horror <laughs> that would befall somebody who accidentally did that. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's bone wheels, our old friends. They come running right at you um, and they feel substantially less threatening. <laughs> but they haven't been really threatening since Dark Souls 1 right. so much. You know, it's like the the weird now they're just here to intimidate you, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think everyone has that association from Dark Souls one. But every time they've shown up since, it's like they're not that big a deal. Um, I don't know if it's a difference between I think it is uh, they're easier to weirdly easier to deal with in tight spaces than open areas because mm-hmm. uh, their angle of attack is limited. So in that first area in the classic catacombs in Dark Souls one where they can literally come at you from any angle, mm-hmm. uh, it's really pretty tricky to deal with. And here it's like I just know that if I move a little bit right or left. They're going to hit the wall, yeah. Because uh, they, you know, they can't come at to me with from a wide enough angle. Um, so, can I take one step back? Did you say you can fall into this area through a perfectly circular hole? Yeah, yeah. It's like one level up what? by the bonfire. Why is it? Do we believe that? It, is it perfectly circular because a circle-shaped bone wheel cut it? Is it perfectly? <laughs> yeah. is, is that? Is this? Is it exactly the same diameter as, let's say, a bone ball? <laughs> uh, is there lore to this perfectly circular I think, hole? Because that honestly, seems I, I think what Cole meant to say was round. He didn't okay. get out the protractor or anything. It's not. A, <laughs> yeah. It's a round hole. It is. It is an eerily round hole. <laughs> round. It's unsettlingly circular. Yeah. Squamously circular. Ooh, fist. perfectly Euclidean geometry. <laughs> Chills me to my core. <laughs> in fact, there are no right angles in nature, so it is much scarier to have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I was, I, I was just being evocative. Uh, <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah. He, he was invoking the band. 
it's it's it was a it was a hole that reminded him of perfect circle so uh, <laughs> thus he calls it perfectly circular have, have you heard this version of imagine in a minor key changes <laughs> yeah. it entirely <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh but yeah at the end of this you get the uh the Karthus blood ring uh yes. which is uh, a pretty cool ring it gives you uh more iframes more invincibility frames at the expense of defense it's like a yes. big hit though it's like 15 percent. yeah so it's like if you if you are confident in dodging everything this will make that easier yeah so uh it is a good uh good ring yeah but it but it's tricky um yeah, you kind of can, you know, come through here. You find a bone, you know, guy with a hat that gives you that's controlling the the dealie. If you head up these little staircases, yeah. um, these little like overhangs, uh, they're looking over the the area down with the rats. Um, this is also where you find the grave warden's ashes. Um, these belong to a squire who grew old and became a grave warden. And, and uh, this is somebody we're gonna see. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. And this, if you uh, you turn this hmm. in, this allows you to uh, uh, get the kukri yep. and uh, and buy that from the uh, shop. Yeah. So, so uh, is, is there anything else that you can do with these ashes aside from give them to the shopkeeper? No. No. Okay. All right. She just <clears throat> uses it to grow throwing knives. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're still warm. They came from my body. <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> specifically, a very hot body. Yeah. Yeah. Check it and see. Um, <laughs> so, so now we go through this uh, uh, other uh, long kind of tunnel that we can move through. Yeah. Uh, down to this uh, more kind of naturalistic cave section. And um, this makes as much sense as anything to say, uh, boy, this made me miss the uh, the catacombs in Dark Souls 1, <laughs> this whole area. Yeah. I was going to save that for the summation, but like uh, getting down here to the cave, I wish more of the area was like this. Um, mm. Yeah. Uh, just because you have that light poking in, you have uh, just the, uh, the the kind of set piece. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I generally... It is, it's kind of darker down here, and this whole area is so well lit. Yeah. Like there's, there's, it's, it's kind of loses a little bit of atmosphere just based on that, I think. Yeah. Um, and kind of getting a little bit further down, it does seem a little bit spookier and, and, and cooler looking. Yeah. Mm -hmm. oh. And, uh, like something I like about the, uh, about the dark, uh, the catacombs in Dark Souls one is that, uh, it is really well lit at the top, but like, as you go, it becomes darker. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. Like, like seeing this really, <laughs> really opened it up for me. Um, we have another Dark Souls one thing with a uh, Kingslayer Sorig. Yes. Um, uh, this guy is a real, real bastard. Yeah. Night's oh, he's a son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think this guy is really, really hard. Um, it's Tarkus, but what if Tarkus used, like, the heaviest sword from Dark Souls 2? Um, so he uses, uses the Fumite sword. Uh, and he's kind of, I feel like he's meant to kill you. Because uh, when he kills you, he gives you a gesture. Yeah. So yeah. I think you're meant to, like, die to him once. Um, oh, maybe you're is, meant to die to him, like... <laughs> 15 or 20 times maybe is, could that be actually you unlock the secret gesture <laughs> the uh the putting down the game and watching the ending on youtube for sure. um yeah well, yeah the, i have a the, real hard time with this guy well the nice thing about this guy is uh depending how you play your cards he may fight you directly in the path of a big old bone ball yeah oh yeah uh, which i use to my advantage uh <laughs> Many a time, causing him to be rolled over and over by a giant <laughs> cackling bone ball, uh, which is the only reason that I actually survived this fight eventually. <laughs> the one thing he didn't plan for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that likely scenario uh, in which a boulder made of skeletons will come right at you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, this guy, he drops a, a unique ring. It's actually named after him, um, which says that he went to the city of the gods and slayed their guardians. 
uh, bringing this back, and this uh, causes enemies to lose stamina faster. I was looking for another Tarkus connection to this guy, but uh, Tarkus uh, doesn't have a ring associated with him. Mm -mm. No, there's no Tarkus ring. Um, yeah, and, and then him using the Fume Knight sword, I don't know. He just kind of feels like a, a melody of, uh, or a medley of, of Souls things. Yeah. Kind of yeah. put together. Tarkus is <clears throat> so a Fume Knight sword and this, uh, this ring. I feel like um, his backstory reinforces uh, the idea that this guy's a dick because it sounds <laughs> like he he went to the city of the gods, killed their guardians, but then did he just like he was like all right anyway so fuck you guys he just like walked out he's just like all right I'm gonna kill all the guys at the gates and I'm done yep. have fun see ya. <laughs> It's like just taking away a hermit crab shell and then like leaving it. Yeah. Like exactly. Night Slayer Sorig, there's a turtle in the desert. <laughs> like, why aren't you flipping it over? Um, yeah. 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 He's a dick. His backstory yep. reinforces that he's a dick. <laughs> I want you to say that uh, if you're ever explaining somebody who's really a dick, it's like, well, yeah. I feel like his back backstory enforces that just, he is a dick. Just reinforces. Yeah. Yeah. The ent this entire impression that I had. Yeah. So uh, it's it's ludo, ludo narrative harmony. <laughs> yes um we uh we find some uh, yellow bug pellets down here which are kind of foreshadow something mm -hmm. um the grave wardens of Carthus uh use this to fend off a sandworm that fell into its new home mm -hmm. uh, in this area the smoldering lake which uh, we go to we can can go to later yeah it's not foreshadowing for this episode but did you uh did you find the uh, the hidden path with this uh this bridge we're coming to later steve yes yeah i did yeah <laughs> if, you, if you head down there there's an area uh, oh, yeah. where there, there's, there's certainly a, an area yeah. <laughs> i would call that an area for sure Ooh, it's a place there's a bad bad hallway down there and uh, this, this is uh referencing that i believe yeah so yeah yep um but as we go I mean, unless there's some other lightning sandworm in the game that i'm not aware of. <laughs> no no not just, at all. just the one all right. Right. Um, so the defining feature of this place is not just the the giant pit that leads down to this uh place that we've mentioned um but also the rickety bridge um that uh that leads across you can see Henri again up here but i really want to focus on the set piece of crossing the bridge hearing the, the 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 rattling of bones and the rustling of pebbles on the ground and looking back to what is the most gobsmacking sight i've seen in one of these games <laughs> it is for an area that i think is a little bit ho-hum in general like this is one of the coolest moments in the game like by far <laughs> Yeah. Uh, where they just like they take more enemies than we've had show up ever so much that it feels like it strains like the frame rate seems to drop like they move yeah. real herky jerky because <laughs> there's just too many of them uh, chasing you uh, across yeah. this bridge. I, I had um, a good experience with with this where, yeah, I actually like basically I, I, I had a good role of playing along exactly the way that the designers would hope that you would, which is like. <laughs> I went across the bridge and like they're they're setting you up for the ricketiness of this bridge real hard. Like it's there's, like there's the a developer bridge message that I've says ever it. Heard. Yeah. <laughs> like you're you're just like you're like on the other side of the chasm from it. And it's just like and you're like, okay, it's a it's a very creaky bridge, it's kind of droopy. I get it. So like <clears throat> I was afraid that when I first went across it, it was just gonna collapse and I was gonna get trolled by Dark Souls. Um, but it's fine when you go across it. So I'm like, well, that probably means that it's rickety. And maybe if I turn around, I can cut it and then make a ladder. Cause you know, I have, and then I turned around and there's just the army of skeletons coming towards me like, Oh shit. <laughs> and so I just start swinging and it like collapses while the whole mass of them is like in the center of it. And they all fell down into the abyss. And it was very, very good. <laughs> it's, it's, it's excellent. It, it is uh, yeah. it, it's an awesome moment when it works out that way for sure. Yeah. 
Like the, I didn't, I didn't get this the first time. I knew it was a rickety bridge. I read the thing that said it was rickety, but I just thought that meant um, if I stayed on it too long, I would fall. Yeah. Uh, so I just ended up running past it, and I, th- I think that's another way that you know these skeletons are designed to intimidate you. If you decide not to fight back, you just run right to the boss, and they won't follow you into the boss arena. Um, so that, that that's what I, I ended up doing. But the the way cooler thing is to get to the end of the bridge, turn around, and cut you know kind of Indiana Jones it and cut the bridge down, <laughs> um, which actually creates a ladder. Uh, which we'll talk about later where that goes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, later in the season, not later uh, today. Oh. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, Going... well, I went <laughs> yeah. there. You guys yeah. are going to have a fun time talking about that. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these these uh these Skelebros, this is this is a wonderful, like I said, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful moment yeah. of uh, fighting skeletons. Yep. And uh, if they chase you, if you decide to uh, t- turn tail and flee, you go to this door that is kind of uh, lit with this otherworldly purple light, right? And you walk into what must surely be a boss arena. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, you know, this kind of large square room. There is a... Uh, uh, pedestal in the middle, these stairs at the end, they go to a door that will not uh, open. <laughs> On this pedestal in the middle, this little altar is a skull goblet. Um, <laughs> there are two long hallways full of urns on either side that there's nothing there. I broke all of those urns thinking like, this is a lot of wasted space. Um, <laughs> you know, but I think it's it's not wasted. It is to think make you think you're going to fight the boss in here. Right. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to what actually happens, which again, just amazing, amazing set piece here, <laughs> um, which I don't, I cannot fit into the cosmology of this game. Nope. At all. <laughs> but is really, really cool as a standalone thing, which yeah. is you touch the, uh, the skull. Uh, and, and indeed you do touch it because like when you go up to it, it gives you an interaction prompt mm-hmm. and the interaction prompt is simply the words touch goblet. I'm like, <laughs> that, like nothing good is going to come out of when you say what I'm going to do is quote unquote touch it <laughs> I'm not yeah. taking it i'm not like it's just like as soon as my finger touches this shit <laughs> bad stuff is gonna happen and indeed it does. <laughs> should you say like admire the inlays okay yeah exactly. yeah we, yeah exactly examine goblet when when uh when i run tabletop games uh when i run call of Cthulhu games an old trick i read uh online in order to like make the players feel on edge is uh, whenever they do something like this, like if there's a, a sigil or there's a, a altar or a statue or something like that, and they they you know reach out to like touch it, um, ask them which hand they use, <laughs> and even if nothing happens, like that just puts them on edge. Like oh, it matters. Like yeah, something's gonna happen to my hand. Uh, so if you ever want to freak out a player if they're gonna touch something, ask them what hand they're gonna use. Yeah. That's really um, good. It is a real real good shorthand. And then just uh, <laughs> you know oh my 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 right hand I guess and be like okay, and then uh, just just move on. <laughs> and they'll forever think that they're going to start growing hair under their nails and right. uh, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but the moment your flesh grazes this uh, this skull with a kind of a, a crowned rim, um, uh, this blackness starts kind of seeping out of it and kind of clinging to the surfaces. Um, and you kind of awaken in uh, what we recognize from Dark Souls 2 as a, a portion of the abyss. Yeah, uh, you're in the abyss and there is a treasure uh, out in the middle of the, the thing, it's like just like a like an anglerfish, <laughs> um, and it is just like, oh, okay, I'll go get this treasure. I guess something's not going to be great, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, and here, this is the Grave Warden uh, Pyromancy Tome, um, which is bound in flesh. It is like a Decronomicon, <laughs> and uh, is all nice. of uh, yeah. It's, it's, it's good for it's good for them. I hate to see it go to waste. I mean, these skeletons aren't using it. Um, uh, we, we don't talk enough is, about flesh waste in this country. It is true. A lot of it just goes nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Just pour it down um, the drain. Yeah, millennials. Um, the uh, 
so, so um, Wolnir, these are these are the things that he pursued. This is the dark knowledge he pursued uh, here. And uh, as you pick this up, uh, a skeleton emerges from the darkness. He yeah. was always uh, there. He doesn't just emerge. It lights well, he, up and he was there or, the whole time. I'm sorry. Yeah, he was there the whole time. When You, you can't see him from when you open enter, though. So as <laughs> yeah. you approach the uh, the item, you start seeing, you see a giant hand. It continues. <laughs> ball and bangles on his on his arm <laughs> until yeah. you get to his head. And then he he comes to comes to life. Yeah. And uh, and this is High Lord Wolner. So, so High Lord Walnir is the one that was seeking the arcane knowledge that's now in the book, is what you guys are saying. Right. So, And so here's my question. What we haven't mentioned about Walnir is that he is very big. <laughs> yes. So did he make a normal size book and then become big? Or was he very <laughs> big, but he made himself a tiny little book? Like those kinds you can get at the, the checkout at Barnes and Noble. Yeah. Little novelty. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or it's like a like a dollhouse book, you know. Yeah. My, I, my I thought mean, is I, this is like his soul or something. Right. Like that. You're fighting a representation. Yeah, it's how he sees uh, himself. Uh, yeah, because okay. he's a uh, grand conqueror. He sees himself as big, but he was actually normal. Right. Well, his, his bigness, like, uh, definitely, like, brings to mind a question that I had, which is, uh, would you say that, uh, Steve, is he yeah. um, the same size or smaller than the biggest skeleton in Tacoma? That you end up finding. Um, yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to tell because the biggest skeleton in Tacoma is actually outside of the station, and you have to use the mounted turrets to shoot it. So, it, like, the sense <laughs> of scale is difficult to say. I mean, and also he's like only is in the abyss, so there's just blackness around him. I guess I would say compared to your guy that you're playing as, um, it's official. Tacoma has bigger skeletons than Dark Souls 3. You wow! Can <laughs> Sick Lucy! I mean, the thing is, we're still making it. I can scale up the skeleton all I want. <laughs> Click and drag. <laughs> this is my favorite arms race I think I've ever heard about. <laughs> skeleton bigness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, Tacoma, and, and then, colon, Wolner the... story, episode zero. Like, <laughs> All that all that the all that Miyazaki has to do with the next game is be like, oh well, actually that's funny because all of our games took place on the toenail of one giant skeleton. So what's up now? And I'm like, oh fine, fuck, okay. Oh, man, would that oh. be a cool twist? <laughs> Dark Souls took place in the microverse. It's like at the end of Men in Black. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Oh. Uh, so this is the kind of Dark Souls lore that you guys, that your listeners, uh, tune into. <laughs> One hundred percent. And what's yeah. what's great is the music is still going. I presume. Oh yeah, that plays through the entire boss fight. Yep. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, Volnir is this uh, massive. Uh, I mean, ma- massive in his own mind. This conqueror, and uh, he is uh, kind of coming at you, and just uh, just really, really giving you all he got um, with uh, with his arms as he kind of crawls and uh, takes these big swipes at you. We mentioned these bangles, but they're kind of like lit up like uh, Christmas trees. He's got um, he's got two on his left hand and one on his right. And uh, you'll notice if you try to attack any other part of him, uh, that uh, doesn't really do much of anything. Yeah, you do very little damage. Yeah. So this I'm... is a puzzle boss. Yeah. Uh, or you do? Yeah, you do no no damage to that, I believe. 
It may be very little. I know the way to kill him without the Bengals. I mean, you can use that uh, that Mercury, Pestilent Mercury mm -hmm. uh, spell is the way you can uh, kill him without touching his Bengals. Hmm. What, is, what and, is that? What uh, is it, is a, it is a Demon Souls callback. It sends out like a cloud of like, the way they're described is real weird. It just like eats your flesh, but right, it's not right. poison. Yeah. It's like a, a flesh-eating bacteria kind of thing. Yeah, I saw that. Out. I saw that uh, that spell. I didn't have the stats for it. Is it basically just like, is it an AOE thing? Or does it actually send out like a cloud of things that it, that like hones in on enemies or what? It's just a big cloud out in front of you. Okay. Uh, have you ever seen any of the poison uh, clouds that you can shoot out? Oh, this okay. is uh, This is similar to that. Got it. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. A, that is a way to kill this guy because I think he is immune to poison, actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, he wakes up and is a boss fight. Um, <laughs> his and he's kind of a, it's, I feel like this is kind of a cool concept for a boss fight because you you have very uh, specific areas that you want to try to get to. Um, he does some things to kind of keep those away from you, um, especially his right hand. Um, he tries to keep out of your, your reach. Um, mm. And mostly this is just him uh, kind of crawling forward, kind of mindlessly, um, spitting out, like vomiting this abyss goo, <laughs> which I think a lot of people who hate this boss fight hate it because of that abyss goo. Yeah. Like you, you cannot be in the abyss goo. And also the uh, ambient abyss goo around his, uh, around his ribcage. Yeah. Don't, don't get up to his ribcage. Right. Like you got to mm. not get close to this boss, um, which is, I think, kind of cool. Like this kind of like he is so abyss adult that like his very presence is, is, uh, is hurtful mm -hmm. uh, yeah. to you. Um, you have to you have to stay stay near those arms, stay to the sides. But this gets harder as the boss fight continues because uh, he summons skeletons. Uh, they are the ghost of his you know his old warriors, uh, these kind of abyss versions of his 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 men. And then he also uh, will eventually pull out a sword that he does these kind of long, slow swinging attacks with. Yep, and also plunge it into the ground and doing this uh, this really big AOE. It's a, essentially a, like a, um, a super sized Wrath of Gods. I, I've not seen that uh, before. Oh wow! Yeah, it yeah. totally does. Yeah, it only it, it took me maybe like I don't know three or four tries to beat this guy, and I think like the f first or second time I did it, I didn't I hadn't figured out the Bengals thing yet, so I was just sort of like taking a longer time in the boss fight than I would have. And yeah, I saw the big ass sword plunge into the ground. Uh, I never saw it again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he seems like he has sort of uh, like. Seems like it, for the impression I got was that he has a lot of attacks that appear infrequently. So it seems pretty common for you not to see all of his different attacks uh, yeah. in a playthrough. Like I don't, I don't remember. Maybe I just wasn't in the right area to get hit by it or see it. But I don't remember him puking up a bisque when I was playing. Oh so. yeah, he he, yeah. he he will totally do that. Like to uh, to get kind of like flood you out, especially if you are dodging most of his other stuff. He seems yeah. very sensitive to your position uh, related mm. to him. Like I don't know if it's because of its size, but it feels more apparent that he is you know very much reacting to where you're at more so than you know other bosses that are probably more petite, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Most bosses will will do that. It's just you're even if you don't know that you're doing, you're probably like manipulating him into you know, certain patterns, you know, that are, that are advantageous or not, uh, that have to do with like whether he's going to do certain attacks. Like I'm sure like the speed running trick never has him puke up that stuff. Yeah. I'm sure there's a way to fight him and make him never do that because yeah. it's slow. You have to wait for him to do it and you can't do anything about it. Um, things like that. So it's, you can kind of manipulate his AI based on how close you are and where you are, are at in relation to him. Um, if he didn't have that kind of puke and the arena was not kind of limited, it would be, 
a really, really easy boss. As is, yeah. I don't I feel like this is in the bottom half of kind of difficulty in bosses. Like I don't think this is very hard. But the times I've died, which have been like one or two, have been because uh, that poison attack. Like the first time I didn't know what it was, and the second time when I kind of misestimated and could not run it. Yeah. Uh, fast enough. So I had a tremendous amount of uh, trouble with this guy. Um, mm-hmm. My first playthrough, like mysteriously, I I didn't ace him. It took me like two tries uh, to mm-hmm. get him when I you know did it for the show again. Um, but um, man, like my frustration with this is that it really does feel. Um, like a lot of it's up to chance. Um, and I tried mm. any number of, you know, approaches, any number of distances that I tried to stay away. It seemed like I pretty much always ended up pinned against the back wall, um, mm. waiting for him to expose the bangles. Um, and then just kind of, uh, being chased into the, into the poison by, uh, by, by the skeletons. And I think that the, the, the fact that it, you know, I don't know if it is up to chance, like everybody has a different experience with this, but like my, you know, the whole of my experience with this guy, probably the longest that I spent on any boss fight, um, was that I just felt like, well, I just have to hope I get lucky with mm. how much he exposes himself and whether or not I just die instantly. Um, if he decides to do this thing. Yeah. And so, yeah. like, that kind of overwhelmed a lot of my affection for what was going on with him, um, you know, up until, like, even just, like, when I did it, it was like, okay, like, I got lucky there. I can see how, like, the optimal run of this would feel. Now I can pay attention to the things that are cool about his character. But, like, man, oh, man, you know, you see this with a lot of stuff. Like, this is how I imagine um, people felt about Bad of Chaos or about, uh, you know, the, the the Dragon God, any of those things. Um, that are like the canonical puzzle boss kind of guys like it just like it, it it feels so in line with that those previous ones didn't get me but this one did mm. yeah yeah it just it's really i'm really curious about it i wonder if part of that it maybe is a, a dps thing like if you as the fight goes on longer he is more likely to corner you in that that end because nine like it, it never got to the point i was never not able to outrun his mist mm. like i never run i ran out of space for it um, and because I don't know if, uh, what I was doing that was making him back up, but when I would go up and fight the Bengals, eventually he would kind of back up as well. Hmm. He doesn't just continuously slowly move forward like the wall enemies in Final Fantasy four. Like he eventually does back up. So if he's not up in your grill, the, the mist just means run away. And it never became really a factor for me. Like when I actually died to him, other than the very first time where I was learning what the mist was, it was getting Skella, Skella whelmed. Yeah. You know, like just having uh, letting the skeletons get out of control because like a lot of bosses, I really like this. Like the skeletons uh, are susceptible to the mist and to his other attacks. Right. So he'll Ooh. kill his own ads uh, for you. But I, I just I didn't. Yeah, I didn't have that experience with it. The mist never meant instant death for me. Yeah. Um, other than the, when I when I the first time I stood in it, which I didn't know no better. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think I was pretty lucky. I think generally. Like, honestly, I didn't if you had asked me, I wouldn't have even remembered that he summoned skeletons Hmm. like i think that i stayed on the outsides of his hands and i think i just had high dps against his bangles either from my build or being over leveled or equipment or something Um, but the times that i died to this boss were when i just didn't dodge his giant skeleton hands fast enough and he would just smoosh me (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but i yeah i was pretty lucky with that too because i put on the ring that gives you the extra invincibility frames i feel like there were times when i was fighting this boss when i rolled and he just put his hand directly down on top of me while i was still rolling and then he moved away fast enough that you know i I got up on the other side Mm, so i I think i just like 
it, this wasn't my favorite boss fight in the world, if anything, mostly because, you know, puzzle bosses are never, I don't know, puzzle bosses aren't my favorite, um, just because it feels like if you figure out the trick and then you just kind of have to do it. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I didn't have that frustrated feeling of like, yeah, just getting steamrolled by by random stuff or not being able to yeah, yeah um, manage it. Yeah. I but, walked into this replay um, being ready to just kind of, again, walk into the same meat grinder. Um, and I was pleasantly surprised when I didn't. Yeah. Well, yeah. He was not, I mean, the, uh, and there's another puzzle boss we'll get to later in the game that is uh, more forgiving, but I think maybe a little bit blander in what it is mechanically. Um, yeah. And so it is, you, from has learned from their puzzle bosses, like their puzzle bosses have steadily gotten better. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, as moving from dragon God and bed of chaos, which are both kind of a wash, uh, onto, uh, executioner's chariot, which I think is actually really fun and good. And then, uh, Mikulash, which is, I also really like, mm-hmm. um, up until kind of this and the, the boss that comes later, that's a, a puzzle boss. And if they haven't made it like the gimmick is now optional is kind of where they've landed with it. So like, uh, at least with the, uh, this one is into being more of a fight. Like you have these weak points, like, right. Like it's not that different. Mm-hmm. It's a gimmick, but he's just like a guy with weak points. Yeah. You know, um, the other one, the, the gimmick is totally optional. Like, I think they've gotten a little bit more forgiving in this, but it is, I forgot where I was going with this initially, other than, uh, it's interesting to hear you talk about that Cole. Cause it's one of those things where like, I wish I could watch you play the game. Mm-hmm. Like, and this happens both ways. This is not me MLG gaming carding you or anything like that. No, like, no. This happens. There are bosses. I have problems with it. You don't have problems with it at all. Mm-hmm. Um, it happens both ways, but I would love to see like what that, what those fights looked like. Yeah. Cause it was so different. It's like, it makes me think of the memory leak thing in bloodborne. Yeah. You yeah. know, where it's like, Oh, people, I like the first time I fought a Breedus and all she did was headbutt the ground, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Oh, it's kind of cool. She's an idiot. God, like maybe she's, you know, was raised in a, in a jar and doesn't have supreme intelligence and she's acting like it. That's a cool, easy boss, like nice yeah. softball. And then it actually is, you know, one of the hardest bosses in the game. Um, it feels like that kind of thing. Yeah. They have this kind of disparity. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it's uh, it's it's a little bit like Rom, where I ended up being pretty okay with it, and you, you hit it. Like, yeah, those, uh, a, like those examples are strewn throughout. Yeah, I yeah. have a lot more problems with Rom than I do with with this guy. Yeah, this guy I, just uh, this, I, yeah. This is this is such a this is such a total um tangent because it's not even the game we're talking about. But I was really happy with how I ended up dealing with Rom because I had a, a blunt weapon with a bunch of uh, lightning on it, and when I beat that boss, I did it by not attacking a single small spider. So by the end of it, <laughs> just an army of like 50 small spiders being kited around by me as I just ran in into attacks. Anyway, I, 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 that is definitely a divisive boss, but I had like the weird, good, holy shit, I can't believe I pulled that off experience of it. Yeah. <laughs> so I like that. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah. universally, like no matter how people feel about the uh, mechanical side of this, like everybody seems to really dig the theming, which is great. Like it's awesome to have an unequivocal win like that. On uh, oh, the, you know, the, the presentation's amazing. I think yeah. this is the best presentation of a boss in this game. Yep. There's a boss like the optional boss we're going to do later that uh, everybody really loves. That I think feels like the side of a van. Um, <laughs> th- this is uh, this is way way cooler to me. Yeah. Um, I like a thing emerging from darkness. No, I like being angler fished. Like, those are those are things I all really love. And I like a thing returning to darkness. And we should talk about. I mean, if we're are we done talking about the mechanical side of this? Yeah, I think so. There's not that much. It, like it, other than the mist, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It's not that complicated of a boss fight, right? Um, and then and then hitting the weak points. So the way these bracelets work, we didn't really quite say this. Every one of them is a third of his health, 
Right. So when you uh, you destroy the bracelets, um, it takes away, knocks away a third of his health. You do all three and he dies. Um, or you use that uh, mercury and he dies a different way. He kind of dissolves into nothing. And these actually have very different meanings <laughs> uh, in kind of a cool way. Yeah. Uh, because if you kill him, um, he gets this very unique death animation. He doesn't just fall over and fade. <laughs> um, he loses his grip and gets sucked back into the abyss. Yep. So um, it's not you who kills him. It's what he was afraid of the whole time. Yes. Yeah. Uh, because those those bracelets are these like these things he got from clerics that are like his last vestiges. It's like he's holding on. Mm. You know, you imagine like somebody uh, I saw that in uh, Dave Control's video about it. I don't can't remember the item description he sourced. Um, but there's an item description that talks about it, that there are these items that he had from his clerics that like help him keep his sanity, essentially. Right. Um, you think about yeah. somebody who's like in prison, you know, who is uh, bouncing a ball, you know, or something like that, like yeah. something to keep you hanging on. And you're not killing him. Uh, you're taking away the one thing that stops him from losing it, yeah. you know, and that's so cool. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, so, so cool. And that's just another layer of you're fighting him in this pocket dimension that is inside his own skull. <laughs> yeah. So who even knows what that means? Like, I almost wish this was in, in Bloodborne where this could actually be like the dream space or the head space or something rather than the abyss. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know? even more than that, the Grave Warden ashes that we found were his. Like, that is the ashes of his body. Um, because, you know, again, we talk, it talks about this, uh, you know, person who, you know, went from a squire to a pyromancer to, you know, to being a Grave Warden. Right. And that mm -hmm. is totally the arc that, uh, that, uh, Volnir took. Eventually becoming this conqueror. Right. You know, yeah. uh, because, you know, we find out from that tome uh, that the, he found this uh, this specific pyromancy um, in the abyss uh, there. That, that is like the source of his power, uh, Black Serpent, um, which inspired mm. these black arts that they did. Um, you know, this, this is this classic, like really Lovecraftian, you know, making this Faustian yeah. bark. Mm -hmm. And there's this line in his soul where it talks about uh, getting sucked in the abyss was the first time he actually uh, appealed to the gods. Like to get away from the abyss. Right. Um which is, which is pretty cool. Like, you know, he finally had this, this kind of fear. Um, the frustrating part of it is I have no fucking clue why this is here <laughs> uh, in the game. It, it kind of explains the Abyss Wardens, mm -hmm. right? A little bit. Like, the, like those guys are, are hanging out there because this is a source of the Abyss. Yeah. Uh, but why this lets out into Irithyll, <laughs> where this is, what this guy has to do with anything, <laughs> Why this is an expression of the abyss? Why it is a teleportation through a skull? Yep. Well, why <laughs> why a swamp is right next to a desert outside of Minecraft? <laughs> it, 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 it uh, the way this guy and this land fits into the cosmology is not at all. And so you know, just uh, again going back, I'm always defensive about the uh, the Dark Souls two thing. We're not covering like a great deal of distance between these, and we also can't say that um, you know there's convergent wordiness. Like if this is the abyss that the abyss watchers were watching, Carthus and this place were always right next to each other. So if yeah. if uh, if 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 uh, Farron. Sorry, uh, Farron and, and this place Roy's right next to each other. If Farron is meant to be, uh, uh, you know, Ulysseel and Darkroot and all that kind of stuff, is this supposed to be the Tomb of the Giants? Like, I. Well, this is. So the thing I've seen, uh, and again, I think it might be in that Dave Control video, he talks about how he thinks it is the um, the abyss that you actually run into in uh, Artorias of the Abyss. Okay. Like the area down where Manus was. Right. I don't know. Though I don't know. I don't know why that would be. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's real supposition -y. Yeah. So like as much as I end up kind of liking this area as a bite-sized expression of Skelefun, and there's a lot of Skelefun to be had. <laughs> and I, I like this short story of Wolnir like pursuing this, this darkness and then being like, oh shit, no, this is not what I want. 
Um, yeah. I love going into it like his flackerty. I love getting sucked into his brain. Uh, the cutscene, all of that stuff I really love, but like, man, does it have nothing to do with Dark Souls 3? <laughs> <laughs> um, it is like, I don't understand. I don't see this guy coexisting with the Lords of Cinder and Lothric right. and all these other characters and places we know. Yeah. And yet you I know? wouldn't trade my time with those skeleballs and the jaunty hats for the world. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, me neither. It just makes me wish like for a, like a, you know, a, like it feels like something out of, and because it's coming from us, it's us. It's not damning. Something out of Dark Souls Two. Like it feels like a short story, yeah. not you know something that. Whereas the rest of Dark Souls Three is so connected to each other. Like every character has a sorcery trainer from somewhere else. Like Logan's <laughs> fingers are everywhere. The rest of Dark Souls Three does that. This is so self-contained and such a little like nugget, you know, mm. that just uh, I just don't know where it fits into the cosmology. Like it, it was, like goes too far in the other direction. Like I still want it. Would never trade those skeleballs, the hats. Love the hats. It's all good. <laughs> but it is just weird as part of this game, I think. Yeah. Um, what did what did you think kind of on the whole, Steve? Oh, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, it did feel very like the um this section felt pretty approachable, like difficulty wise, aside from yeah, uh uh our friend the the night slayer um <laughs> if, i i had a good experience of sort of like it was challenging but i made good progress through it and i liked um some of the like uh pretty naughty um interconnectedness of some of the areas um i i'm okay with uh dark souls being being silly sometimes uh because like you know you, you can you can take this very Dungeons and Dragons y stuff like super self seriously. Um, but on the other hand, I like when it feels like it knows that it can laugh at itself a little bit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so, you know, in general, I thought that um, the combat setups and the overall um, progression through it was really nice. And yeah, the, the whole um, bridge set piece moment was cool. And a giant skeleton key uh, skeleton King emerged from the <laughs> darkness, which was sweet. Um, so, you know, like, yeah, I, I have much less context for kind of how the different pieces of the overall, uh, uh, experience, um, fit into one another, especially on the, on like the, the overarching fiction side. So as a sort of, you know, gameplay and aesthetic experience, I was like, Oh, cool. I would, I, if anything, I would say I was surprised at, um at and how quickly I finished it. Like I, I played through it, I think, in like one setting. Um and it felt satisfying and good for that reason. But I was sort of like, oh, I started playing that and I actually like fully explored it and played all the way through it and uh I cleared it. Cool. All right, sweet. <laughs> uh, like it, it 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 was one of those things where like sometimes you play through a section of a souls game and you're like Oh, okay, it's time to go to bed. I can't play any more of this. But like the <laughs> this section made me feel like, all right, I'm ready for another one of these. Let's like <laughs> keep going, move on to the next, you know, uh, area. So I, I found the pacing of it um, uh, to to be uh, enjoyable and satisfying for sure. That's a real breather. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. I like how short it is. Yeah, you know, like it's kind of um, we talked about it a little bit, and we we talk about it in the uh, we'll talk about it in the appendix. But like, there's a little bit of uh, bereftness of of newness to this mm-hmm. like it does feel like a remix of past areas um you know oh this is this is the catacombs mixed with the depths 
mm-hmm. with a little bit of chalice dungeon in there. And that's kind of like a mild bummer, but the actual length of it and the piecing I think is really good. Yeah. It is just, it's just weirdly disconnected. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's, it's disconnected and disconnected is fine as long as it stands up for, it stands up on its own and has an identity. Mm-hmm. Um, I really wish that they had kind of leaned into what they were building in with the theming and giving it more visual distinctness. I think that I agree with you guys mechanically. I wish that there was just more to this aside from kind of the gimmicks that we, you know, rightfully, you know, laughed about and had a lot of fun with, you know, like, uh, like Steve, I wouldn't trade in being bowled over by the skeletal older for, 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 <laughs> for, for anything, yeah. but just imagine, you know, how much, how much more, even just a little bit of uh, theming would have gone. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, just like, it feels like a little bit of a wasted opportunity, but like, I don't know where this came in development. I don't know where the developers intended for this to fit in, but yeah, it Mm. just kind of feels like connective tissue in a lot of ways. And I think that does, that does a disservice to some of the ideas that they're hinting at. Yeah. Yeah. So, so good, good stuff is happening there. Like at the end of the day, we're like splitting hairs, like what (laughs) we do because it's a series we really love. Like it's still really fun. You know, the combat encounters are really fun. Like all Mm -hmm. these things I had fun in the area. You know, I'm just looking yeah. at the kind of whole of Dark Souls 3 and like stacking it up against some areas, especially ones that uh, are coming up next, like the next <laughs> couple areas, which are really, really strong, I think. Yeah. Um, and kind yeah. of hit all the, the cylinders instead of just like most of the cylinders, even though none of them are goofy. So like <laughs> goof, uh, the goof troop is uh, important. So, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, very cool. Well, um, yeah, Steve, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, we appreciate oh, it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, hope, I, I hope it was absolutely. fun. Um, no, yeah, I, it was. Thanks again for um, giving me the excuse to actually <laughs> jump back into the game. I, I, I bet that I will actually finish Dark Souls three, and I may have never done that if it wasn't for your invitation oh. to be on Bonfireside Chat. So, thank awesome. you. Uh, thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, our our door is is always open. Um, Steve, where can people find you on the internet if they're interested? <laughs> um, I tweet uh on twitter.com uh my username is uh at fulbright uh fulbright with two l's that's the name of the video game company that i help run um you can go to uh, well you can, you can check a uh, gone home game or tacoma game uh on twitter or go to gonehome.game or tacoma.game to find out more about the last game we released and the next game that we're uh, currently working on yeah yeah and uh, yeah, and you're also, uh, you know, sometimes on Idle Thumbs, which you mentioned before. I know a lot of people mm-hmm. listen to this, listen to that. And uh, you did yeah. a podcast for them, uh, Tone Control, as well. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I, I was once a host of Idle Thumbs, and I guessed whenever I can when I'm back in San Francisco. And yeah, a couple of years ago, um, I did an interview series of podcasts um, on Idle Thumbs called Tone Control. You can get there at idlethumbs.net slash tone control. I interviewed... Uh, well, I did 13 interviews with um, uh, notable uh, game designers and creative directors about their work and their approach to design and leading projects. Um, and I'm going to do that again when I'm done with Tacoma and talk to a new and interesting and more diverse uh, group of folks next time. Yeah, looking forward to Very it. Very awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, very cool. So as, as per our usual, we let Steve go. Um, we generally don't make our guest uh, sit through our admin stuff because uh, it's kind of boring and we're self-conscious about it. <laughs> but uh, you know, we, uh, what, what a wonderful guy. Yeah. And uh, just kind of putting this together kind of the last minute and actually playing the game to, to play with us is super cool. Yeah. And really, really flattering. Yeah. Um, we hope, uh, hope you guys enjoyed it and we hope you, uh, you check out his stuff. 
Um, next episode, we're going to be covering uh, the first part of Irithyll um, up through Pontiff Sullivan. Um, we're going to be joined by Bob Mackey of Retronauts, mm-hmm. um, who has been on every season yeah. of Bonfireside Chant. Um, and uh, real quick, we have an important note about our spoiler policy that is related to that. Yes. So we initially thought that um, once we hit the place uh, that shall not be named right now, whose very existence is a spoiler, um, that was when the uh, the spoiler wall was going to come down and uh, all bets were going to buff. However, um, in the first part of Irithyll, uh, there are some things that we absolutely have to talk about that very strongly, not just imply, not just hint, but confirm where this place fits in. Um, yes. And so, like, this is it. Like, so you're going to listen to the exosode or the uh, the appendix, rather, coming out next week. Um, and then uh, starting with Irithyll Part 1, we're going to not be pulling any punches uh, when it comes to discussing how this all fits together and where things kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, become important, right? Yes. Um, and, and, you know, part of it is uh, we got a lot of kind of like eh, flack is the wrong word. Um, some negative feedback about the spoiler policy, because I think people were feeling like uh, our spoiler policy was hindering uh, conversation and it was unrealistic that anyone would be playing at the pace we do the show. Um, it, people do play at the pace we do the show. It's maybe not a lot of people, but we've heard from them. Yep. You know, that happens. Um, and also, uh, you didn't miss out on any conversation because of our spoiler policy. Right. Um, everything we would have said uh, in previous episodes will get said as it relates back to previous areas. There isn't very much. You know, like the, the big reveal we're talking about does not shed new light on the undead settlement or Ferenc Keep or anything. Right. You know, so it's, it's we're not going to, uh, it's not to an extreme degree. So, uh, but we are still kind of killing the spoiler policy. We don't have to feel like silly billies during the next episode. Right. So just so you know, here's the last chance to get off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if you have anything to say about that, it's duckfeed.tv forward slash contact. Yep. Um, if you want to support the show and the network, other than that, you can go to patreon.com forward slash duckfeedtv. Uh, that is the best and most direct way to support us. Yep. Um, we realize that not everyone can do that. So what else can they do, Cole? Uh, they can go to our iTunes page um, and you can find those links at duckbeat.tv or slash bonfireside chat um, and leave us a rating or review. That does help. It's been a little bit since we've gotten one, um, mm-hmm. but uh, you know that helps increase our visibility and it doesn't cost you a thing aside from the indignity of having to look at iTunes. Um, which is, which is, yeah, not my favorite program either. Right. Um, so I understand. <laughs> but it does make a big difference. We want you to know. You can also go to uh, duckfeed.tv slash tip jar. Um, and if you're going to be buying things off of Amazon anyway, doing it through that uh, will uh, will help us out uh, financially. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And it makes a big difference for us. It also, uh, another thing you can do that is free is tell your friends about it. Tell Twitter. Um, tell people you think, you know, somebody's getting a Dark Souls point towards one of our first episodes for whatever game is in question. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not going to spoil anything for them. We're very explicit about the spoiler policy. Like, mm-hmm. it's a good thing. Yeah. It's good now. Um, <laughs> the uh, And it is, uh, you know, we'd appreciate that. Um, real quick uh, shout out. I said I would do this and uh, I know we're a little running off of time. Um, quick shout out to a gentleman named Forrest who I ran out and did me a kindness out in real life. Yeah. Uh, who's a fan of the show. I know he listens. So thank you very much, Forrest. Yeah. Um, um, also, we have some opportunities to meet us in real life uh, coming oh, up in yes. two weeks. Uh, we're going to be doing a lab watch out for fireballs, and we're going to be a booth at the Austin Classic Game Fest. That is uh, July uh, 30th and 31st. You can go to duckfeed.tv slash Austin dash 2016. We're going to be doing a meetup on Saturday night. It's going to be a good time. If you are in uh, the southern portion of the country, uh, we encourage you to uh, to come out, and we would love to meet you. 
Yeah, even if you don't listen or, you know, if you don't listen to Watch Out for Fireballs and don't like old Nintendo games, uh, we're going to be talking about Punch-Out, mm -hmm. uh, which you mentioned, which in some ways is like the boxing of Hulu of Dark Souls <laughs> within Nintendo. Um, but come out and meet us. We'd love to see you. And don't yeah. be scared because we're not intimidating. Uh, in real life, we just look like fat bearded men. Uh, <laughs> so it is. don't be any more scared of us than you would any other normal chubby bearded guys yeah. uh, you would see in your day-to-day -day life. Um, if, if you like planning your travel a little bit further out, we're going to be at the Portland Retro Games Expo, October uh, 21st through the 23rd as well. Yes. That'll be in Portland, Oregon. Absolutely. And we'd love to meet you there as well. Mm -hmm. So anywhere you want to come out and just say hi, um, we we love meeting people who listen to the show. Anywhere sure as long as it's those uh, those two places. Yes. When we say anywhere, we don't mean like come to a rest stop in rural <laughs> Alaska and like, you know, okay, well, Patreon, let's buy a couple tickets. <laughs> 1300 bucks later, we're in pieces in a toilet. Um, you know, somebody's trying to flush us down a toilet and doesn't realize that bones don't bend. So here we are. But they do roll. Um, what is that? But they do roll. That's true. You can roll us down a, uh, turn us into a skeleton ball and roll us down a hill. Um, so yeah, that, that's uh, it for everybody. Uh, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, and until next time, Cole, what should they do? May the flame guide you. Umbasa. Umbasa. And we all pray that we will have far more soon.